Before we get to the Reverend Bob Levy, I got to tell you about our friends at BetDSI. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's week 16, only two weeks remaining. So many games this week have playoff implications. The biggie, obviously, Eagles-Cowboys, but Green Bay-Minnesota, Texans-Bucks, even the Patriots and Bills is a huge game. And don't forget the games that are going to affect the NFL draft order. My Giants versus the Redskins, Bengals-Dolphins. There's easy money to be made, so you have to use BetDSI. And make sure you use the promo code SAFO, S-A-F-O. BetDSI has over 20 years in the business. It's always highly rated and reviewed. Don't just bet the NFL. College Bowl season starts tonight. The NBA is in full swing. And did you guys listen to me and bet McConnell last Saturday night? You would have made some easy money. If you're into politics, bet on the 2020 election or impeachment props. Whatever you want to do, BetDSI takes all payments. They even take Bitcoin. Super fast payouts. You know I love the live betting, but wait. New members. If you sign up and you're a new member, you get 120, yes, 120% bonus match when you use the promo code SAFO, S-A-F-O. Make some money right before Christmas. But one more thing, if you sign up now for a limited time offer, BetDSI is going to give you $25 in free wager money. Nothing is better than free money. Listen, it's only a game until you use BetDSI. Make the games matter. BetDSI slash Sappho. And now the hilarious Reverend Bob Levy. Hey, I am watching Rachel Ray on a cold, snowy day. I can't believe how fat she got. You well, know, Bob, like- remember when she was like first in Maxim Magazine? She was like the hottest thing going oh. a while ago. A fucking hot chick that can cook. Now she's a fucking a cook. That's it. Hey, so I got to tell you, Bob, I've had your boy Florentine on a million times, Jackie uh-huh. Martin, and every time they come on, it always comes back to, like, road stories with you. So I've been dying to have you on, man, so I appreciate you calling in. No, no problem. Look, the way I look at it, anytime somebody tells a good story, I'll be in it. <laughs> no, every- Dude, everyone, from me and Florentine were talking about, like, the Miami Dolphin, and it turned back to you in a hotel room with him and Norton. And at that time, you and I were texting on Twitter, and then suddenly you vanished from Twitter. So, first of all, what happened with your Twitter band? Well, I got I got thrown off. I had a disagreement with, uh, what's her name, Alyssa Milano or whatever. Okay. I was thrown off for stopping her from speaking. You know what I mean? Like, my dick stopped her voice. So... Hey. Let's go back to the beginning. How are you feeling? I know you had that horrific car accident. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like the car got smashed up and that. I just got jolted like a motherfucker because I got hit from behind by a drunk. And he was going like 30 or 40, and I was just at a fucking red light. And uh, I'm finally, I'm going to get my heart test. You have to get a heart test so they can okay. operate on your neck, you know. So this is the last one. So I go there tomorrow, and they said, if something goes wrong and we have to resuscitate you, uh, do we have the okay to do that? And I'm like, well, you know, none of you're busy or something. You know what I mean? I hate to be a pain in the ass. What the Especially fuck? around the holiday time. So who knows? I know. I know. Your kid can't be texting you or something. So just don't worry about me. I'll, I'll figure it out, you know? How's recovery going on mentally and physically? Uh, mentally, it's coming back really good only because... I know it's, I know I'll get some kind of relief and anything's better than what I've been dealing with. So I am like ecstatic, you know? And you know, like today I fucked up my lower back last night. How? I don't fucking know, you know? And that's what happens, you know? This is what you deal with. Something else is going to take over 
it's either a migraine or whatever, but you know what I mean? I was able to deal with it a long time. Nothing hurt. I, I, nothing didn't hurt me anymore. And I've been married fucking four times. So I, I, I don't feel pain, dude. I went to uh, one of the fundraisers for you. Jimmy Norton, Artie Lang. Oh, yeah, guys. yeah. They did one for you. So you're telling me comedians don't have a solid medical plan? Is that the truth? Uh, no, you do. I do. Oh, you do understand? you really? I was fucking around. Do you really? Yes, yes. But the whole thing is, is that, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't walk for six months, basically. Like, I okay. couldn't be out there, you know. I couldn't work. I didn't start working for eight months, you know, before I started slowly, you know, because I, I just couldn't do it, you know. I couldn't be comfortable and and look like I wasn't a fucking uh, crippled fuck and I wasn't going to let people see me like that. So I had to, you know, you know, everything just collapsed, you know, but I do, you still have to pay bills, you know, not everything's in the cupboard at all, you know, it's all bullshit. You got dental I, insurance, I you get fucked. Yeah. Being out of the game for like a year, year and a half, whatever, what's changed the most? Because it seemed, and maybe just because I'm on Twitter, that's the only social media I do, it just seems okay. that comedy's like weird now after a year. It seems like every day it's getting weird. What's changed the most since you came back? Dude, it, look, when I came back totally, maybe in a year and a half, a little more than that, it, it, it totally changed. It's like, it's like, okay, it's always been like this where clubs expect you to do all the advertisement so they don't have to. But the clubs that advertise too and you work with them and put your Twitter, Facebook out, those are the clubs that do really good. Mm-hmm. But the other ones won't do as good and they'll, they'll, they'll be in a bad mood when you get there because, uh, you didn't fucking hit it up on Facebook again two hours later, you know? And they're, they're watching your, your, media instead of their own shit when the people are around them that's where you should be advertising too i got people in scotland you know mm-hmm. i got people in fucking germany england they're not coming to a show you have a facebook that's in that town and getting the paper out there and the comedians are just oh my god now they're trying to save money so it's like they'll put a, a feature in as a headliner you know a middle guy is a headliner sometimes and then they'll fucking uh the host is basically, he shouldn't even be on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody that paid money should have to see that. That's what, that's what's happening. You know what I mean? I've been, I was on a show recently and let me tell you something. There was five people on the show. They all stunk. They stunk. They were so fucking, it was like, if my wife said, if I was in the, if I was paying for this, I'd be really pissed. That's more pissed than being offended. Do you understand that? Yeah, of course, of this course. This is a different kind of offense that people are doing now, and they're fucking thinking that you can put any piece of shit on stage and mm-hmm. fucking charge somebody, and you can't do that. You have to respect this business all around, and hopefully one day it'll get back to that, and people know it'll work. It'll work if it's done right. I'm going to open a fucking comedy club because I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know exactly how to get people in there, how to put on good shows. That's all you need. Good lights, good sound, good seating, good food, good drinks, good night. Okay? It works. Now, Bob, why is it? Is it because now everyone can go on YouTube for two minutes and they think they're a comedian? So they're like, hey, I'll pay extra money to come to the comedy club, and the comedy club just sees money? Is that what it is? Well, no. Okay, with the YouTube thing, it's different. With that, Okay, that affects if somebody's not ready. You know what I mean? There's guys that are ready, girls that are ready. But if you're not ready, and then say you bring, even if you brought three quarters of your YouTube thing, yeah. And there's a quarter of the people that go there every week and they see this more often now. 
mm-hmm. and it's not funny to them. You understand? Maybe it's not funny. It's a bad idea because you lose them and you can't always have you two people in there. So you really have to think where the root is, the people that live in the area that support the club all the time. You have to build them up before you can start doing everything crazy. Yeah, it's, instead of getting the quick, okay, let's strike while the, oh, this person has a lot of followers, get them in there quick. And they're really exactly. doing this a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like fucking do it, you know what I mean? It's, it, you can't do it like do it on an off night, do it on a whatever, you know? Why aren't you verified on Twitter again? Are they, are they, are they, is Twitter yeah, hate you now? <laughs> well, yeah, they, they were, I wasn't allowed on for a year, dude. I know, I know. I, yeah, I finally got a new phone, and I was like, let me try it again. And I just miss everybody. I really have a good time. I, I'm i learning how to be really fast again, you know what I mean, on Twitter. That's why I talk, to, I talk to everybody because I'm on Twitter, you're on Twitter. Everybody's on Twitter, right? Why would I go on there and not talk to them? Because, you know what I mean? It's like, here, here's about me. Go fuck yourself and everyone else. The reason to go on these things is to talk to people and understand, you know, what they think, what they like, what they don't like, you know. And, but and most let me say, don't Bob, do you, it. Yeah, and you're extremely interactive on Twitter. There's some comedians and some, like, you know, stars, but comedians a lot, they'll just throw a joke out there and not interact. You're interacting with every comment from political to comedy to girls. Dude, you're nonstop on there. Well, that's what it is. When I go on, I notice this. Is when I go on, I go on strong. And I, I, I have time set where I'm going to talk to people because I think that's right. I, I'm like, I'm not just going to post something at late at night anymore and not write back to people because I'm leaving in the car. Uh, when I go on these things, I'm going to sit there and spend some time with them. And I think that's, that's what life's about. You know what I mean? It's just like everybody's the same. Fuck, man. You know, I don't care. I don't care who these fucking people are. You know what I mean? Whether they're fat, black, it doesn't matter to me. I don't look at that first. Mm-hmm. I look at if they entertain me a little bit or they think outside the box a little bit. And that's what I follow them. You get a lot of shit. Nick DiPaolo was just on a couple of weeks ago. You and him get a lot of shit for being, I guess, pro-Trump or whatever. On oh, you know I don't I really say? get that much on that. Look, oh, you don't? Okay. You know, but it's, look, the, the whole thing is, is that, hey, man. He's not doing anything wrong. Everything seems to be going okay. Calm the fuck down. It really doesn't matter who's president. You know what I mean? Shit's going to happen. People are going to threaten to fucking blow us up. And sometimes you got to stand up to them and say, try that, you motherfuckers, and we'll melt you. And that's what the way, that, that's a leader. Don't, don't be upset. He's not going to get you in the war. He's keeping you out of it by fucking saying that you guys don't have a chance. They all think they have a chance. They don't have a chance. There are many fucking countries have said, We'd be fucking uh, gone, you know what I mean, if we did anything. And look at them. Right before we came on, Bob, I did a quick Google search on you. You're a Staten Island guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was born in Brooklyn with that movie, Staten Island. Very proud of Staten Island. Very great place to grow up. And fucking yeah, I lived there until around five or six years ago. Yeah, where, where I was in Great Kills. I loved oh, it. Dude, me too. I, I grew up in New Springville, and I moved to Great Kills for like five years. That's where I owned my house, in Great Kills. Yeah, my mother's still right across the street from PS32. I used really? to walk to school there when I was a kid. Yeah. We just oh, went so there for Thanksgiving. It was so many fucking memories, you know what I mean? Oh, the that's bars wild. That we passed. Yeah. What, what, what bar? What's the local bar over there? The Gingerbread Lounge. It was gone for a long time, but it was, uh, we used to go there and, uh, the one in, uh, uh, what town, I forget what town it is, but, but the Gingerbread was so crazy. We would, 
fight and just uh, people got stabbed, people got shot. Like when I write a book, like the beginning, like my life before comedy was more insane than you would ever fucking believe. So, and, and, and in comedy, my life was fucking insane. Insane. You know? What else? Insane. Bob, yeah. before comedy, was it comedy or bust for you? Like, I have to be a comedian, or what was it before comedy? Uh, not playing bands, you know what I mean? I, I don't, look, I'm one of those guys that fucking, you know, I kind of like not people telling me what to do, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I'm not very good at that. You know, I'll admit it, I'm still not good at that. If somebody fucking talks down to me, they have to get put in their place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's how I am. So it was what? It, it was being in a band, and then what? Whatever. Selling pot. You know what I mean? Landscaping. Got fired nine times from my fucking friend. <laughs> and then got hired back like Billy fucking Martin every fucking two weeks. And, uh, you know, it was nothing like this. And then I used to, my job at the bar, when people came in that we didn't know, I would fucking make fun of them until they wanted to fight us. And that's how I got into comedy. You know, we used to listen to Stern, and my friend Buddy said, well, Jackie hosts the show here. You know, Jackie the Joke Man has an open mic, and I go, let's fucking do it. And I put together like 10 minutes. Really? You know? Yeah, that's exactly how I got into comedy. I didn't fucking, you know, you weren't, I wasn't fucking hanging out listening to Richard Pryor album. Nothing. Nothing like that, you know? Because, Bob, I know you. Here's what. I'm the biggest Opie and Anthony fan. So you would come mm -hmm. on Opie and Anthony, and then... Mm -hmm. You know, that's when YouTube started kicking in, and then I would, like, you know, YouTube you and have hours and hours of content with you and Jackie all on Stern. And I know Florentine got on Stern with the cranky egg and stuff. How'd you go from fucking around people in Staten Island bars to being on Stern, to being like the roast master on Stern? How'd you get involved with that? Well, that, it's just weird, you know what I mean? It's fucking, like, incredible. It's like, just keep doing what you want to do. That's the number, that's every, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't give a shit how fucking anybody's mad or whatever at somebody. You know what I mean? That was the fucking major leagues of entertainment mm -hmm. at that time. I don't care what anybody said. The fucking Tonight Show, go fuck yourself. You know, anything. Fucking, the Howard Stern Show was so big. It was such a fucking top of the mountain fucking climb that you did in any kind of business to get on that. And to be able to be on there for that time, that time there was the time. It really was the time where it kind of went a little crazy. You know what I mean? It may not have had a Sam Kinison, but mm -hmm. you had fucking, uh, well, you had a fucking good fucking pile of people that were fucking nuts and, and putting out fucking good radio all the fucking time. And there's nothing more exciting than doing great radio. That's why I'm working with Kid Chris again, because those days were the fucking best, you know? Those mm -hmm. were the best. Well, those These are days of people that know radio know how to fucking come to a place and fucking make people listen the whole time. Bob, how many times? Because you said you were a fan first when, and I remember in the morning with Stern, afternoon Opie and Anthony, you knew yeah. they were good when you would park the car and wait an extra nine minutes Fuck sitting yeah. in a car. You would sit in front of the house for nine minutes for a commercial to run inside and put the radio on. Do you remember Dude. your first appearance on Stern? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. What was it? Tell me, tell me. Well, I'm going to tell you in a second, but the whole thing was I'd done all these things that you talk about, and mm -hmm. I was on the show for years. So, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Why do you think when there was roast, I picked fans from, like, the Stern Fan Network that loved the show, that would love to meet him, because yeah. I knew what it was like. 
you know? It's now, that what was special, your other question now? Well, no, Bob, because you're right, because it's that special bond. Like I said, so mm-hmm. I started doing my podcast like 10 years ago, and I got very, very lucky. I had some good guests on, and Opie, you know, he heard yeah. it, and I started trying to get him on. So now I work with him, and I remember like, holy shit, these are the guys that at 301, 102.7 was on, and I wouldn't move. I would switch my school schedule around, and then you're sitting in the studio with him, and it, it blew your mind. So, exactly. That's the, what it is, because that show is – I love that show. I just wasn't really allowed to do it. You know what I, I mean? know, I know. It was and a that really weird spot. Me. Yeah. Yeah, that pissed me off at the end because everyone else was going on. And Howard was bitching about the plugs. But, you know, he was just doing it because he didn't want to argue with Chuck Zito. It was his thing. But we won't you don't need to get into that. But, the, but the, you know what I mean? It was like, I'm going. I quit. Yeah. I'm going to go on their show. So you know tell me. I mean? It was yeah. just over. It was over. You know when it's like. Okay, it's really not fun anymore. It's like a relationship, dude. It's the only way to explain it. It's a relationship that went bad. It has nothing to do with a person, this, that, you know what I mean? Or how somebody acts. It's just a bad relationship. People got to understand what that is. And that's with anything. That's, that's not even with just, uh, you know, who you're with. It's, 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 it's work too. Everything's a relationship. Take me to that first time going into that K-Rock studio now. As a fan, you're going in there now. And this is your moment now. You know you go in there, and if you crush, yeah. you know you're coming back, and this is going to change your career. You know what? I didn't I didn't think that then. I'll tell you some other funny shit. Okay, while. okay. But yeah, I remember this. I remember going up there. I remember Florentine was there because Casey, you know, he told Casey about me with the blue cheese, and that's how I got in with a call. And I'm fucking, I'm, I'm nervous. You know what I mean? I'm not a fucking nervous guy, but I'm fucking nervous. This is your fucking... This is God to you, you know what I mean, that's going to be in this other room. And he wants to have you on. He agreed to it. And you're like, holy shit, you know what I mean? So I was nervous. And I said, Jim, why don't you just come out and sit next to me and maybe throw in something? And that's what I did. And the first time, it's me and Florentine. And I remember at the end, I still remembered it. He goes, uh, uh, Bob Levy, the first of many, many, many appearances. I still remember exactly what he said. You know what I mean? And I also remember when they had the thing outside. uh, Remember when he was going from K-Rock to XM? Yes. He fucking was talking about the great comedians that he used to have. You know, like Sam Kinison went to all of them. And then he mentioned one or two comedians. And he said Florentine. Then he stopped. And I was like, "Ah, God, I didn't make the list. And he goes, the Reverend Bob Levy. And that was the greatest fucking. You have no idea. This is when you make it in this business. You don't make it by making a lot of money because you don't understand. They don't understand what people like. They just know how to uh, invest behind somebody. You understand what I'm saying? And his, Bob, remember listening to him, and if he would say, I'm drinking, uh, whatever, a peach schnapple, you would go to the store, and all the peach schnapple would be sold out. He had these followers of people. So when he mentioned your name, that was it. it, was, it his word was, was God. If, if Stern well, said something in the was. glory days. Yeah. And it was the glory days still. It was still the glory days, you know what I mean? And I, I tell you what, truthfully, I liked it better on K-Rock than on Sirius, only because, you like, when I do Radio with Kid Chris, you have to work harder. Mm-hmm. You have to work harder. But the smart thing Howard did, what he didn't like is a lot of cursing on the show. He, I know in his mind, I could tell by being around, he wanted to use the word fuck or cunt when it was perfect. Yes. But not to overdo it. When, when it's overdone, you see you hear some of the things. It was just like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, but that's not entertaining. 
No, you I know. lose its luster then. The, the, the best part was when a guy like you, who's a dirty comedian, would work around it. Like, it showed yeah. your genius. I remember listening, like, Hold, how did he tell that story without exactly. it getting, like, dumped but out? Exactly. That that's why it's fucking fun for us, for people that like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, with Kate Curse, I, like, I'm back totally, 100%. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm so missed this. This, is, this was so much fun, being able to... Basically, instead of saying fuck you, explain how I'm going to fuck you in a way that can still be on radio. And that's what makes it entertaining. Anybody can say fuck this, whatever. You have to do it right. What do you do with Kid Chris? You're on a lot with him. You're on once in a while. How does that work? Well, yeah, we just started again. And, you know, we talked. And I said, yeah, I want to do it. I'm back. I'll be up every morning. And I write, you know, and I love writing bits and shit and uh we did prank phone calls the other day back mm-hmm. geniuses like the tradio calls that was kid chris before he gave those to howard to oh I, re- told yeah, I remember that yeah yeah and we used to do them and you know we get on there's five of us we get on one after each other and just start fighting with each other on there and it's hilarious you know we we just did a call the other day talk, he called up talking about bob 33 the guy in the band he's just making up stuff, and I'm like, I know that guy, Fat Thomas, played in that band, you know, and I'm making fun of Thomas now, and, you know, that's on the show, so I'm getting the jokes on for the regular, when they play it on the air, it's huge, and then Chris calls back fighting, he's going to come down and kick his ass, and the guy doesn't even know what's going on. It sounds like you're having so much fun, though, again, like, it seems like you're back into the swing of having fun. Well, that's what it is, because I didn't know... I, I, fun wasn't around for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. since the accident, anything that could have went wrong, fucking went wrong. Okay, I, I fucking, uh, it, you know, it, it's it's just fucking one thing after another just kept crushing down. And I mean, I ended up going to rehab. You know what I mean? It was like it, everything just. I started. I got off Xanax. I was like, I couldn't get off it. I couldn't. It was fucking. It's too much. And you can't just get off it. You have to go to rehab. And I had to go to rehab for Xanax when motherfuckers, you know, I, I'm coming in there all thug. Yeah, I'm in for Xanax, motherfuckers. Back up. You know, and somebody's like on heroin, you know. And I'm fucking, you know, Mr. fucking Xanax. So, but I, I have to, that's the only way you can get off it. You can go to rehab or you can go to jail. And that's I it. also was in jail when I was there after the accident, too. And I, you don't want to go to jail. I was there for four days because I have a big mouth. And they put me in a psycho ward, and I, they wrap me up in, like, uh, almost the stuff you wrestle on in the gym. Like, they have, they make these body suits out of it. You just put it around your shoulders like Fred Flintstone, and that's all you have. So it's not a fucking fun place. And there's no flavor in this CD at all. It's almost like cardboard that's a little damp because it looks like sauce on top. You don't want to go to jail, you pussies. Believe me, you couldn't handle it. We were talking about like having fun again and stuff. And when when Jim was on my show, Florentine, he was uh, and when he was on Opie and Anthony, he would tell these legendary stories. Like I said in the beginning, of you guys on the road. You guys aren't on the road anymore. I know he's doing that tour now, Bob Kelly and stuff. What do you miss the yeah. most about that time on the road? Uh, it was a, uh, you know what I mean. It was like, it was like you can laugh if somebody came up and owner came up to you and said something. Like, you know what I mean? Hey, can you keep it down? We'd just laugh at him and say, get the fuck out of here. Uh, but now you would feel bad for the owner. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's just like things aren't the way it was. You know what I mean? 
But you have a heart now. It's like, oh, you're right, sir. I'm sorry. That may, that might no, be no, I don't next have a heart. I, I really don't have – I have a heart, but, you know, I'm always the same. But, you know, it's like, you know, maybe the business ain't doing as good as it was. I don't know. Things change in a lot of ways, you know. The most, the most genius thing I've ever heard, Bob, was mm-hmm. the hotel furniture game. Can you guys explain? Because I would, oh, tell, yeah. my, I would tell my boys, I'm like, do you want to hear genius – Listen to what Jim Florentine fucking said on Opie and Anthony about furniture. Tell everyone the hotel furniture thing because this is the most genius thing ever. Okay, well, it's 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 very logical if you think about it. At the end, uh, we would check into you know we'd be on the road somewhere. Say we're in South Carolina. All right, you know a lot of hot chicks there. They got fucking uh, funny accents and that, but it's cool. So we would basically unpack our stuff, and then we'd have the suitcases out. Then we if you had, it was a table in the room, we'd get the chairs and either pile them up on the table, either put them out on the balcony or put them in front of the, you know, when you walk into the room. So there's no, nowhere, basically, for them to sit on a chair. Now, what we'd use the, with the suitcases, we would cover up part of the counters. So basically, now there's nowhere to sit but the bed. So what, the, what we figured out, that it would save us between 25 to 40 minutes trying to get them from the chair to the bed. So now we're cutting that out right away. And, and that's how it worked. If you think about it, logically, it makes the most sense because when you go in a hotel room and that girl sits in that chair in the corner, it's You're so awkward, yeah, awkward. Can you come sit on the bed? Why? It's that awkward spot. But once you get them on that bed, Bob, you're the king. You, you can make it happen. And Jim loved the room, the move that I did. Once we had him on the bed, right, we'd put our arms around him, okay? You know what I mean? So they, you know, like sort of, so they can't escape, I guess you might say. But then Jim would say something, and I would make believe it was the funniest thing in the world, even if it wasn't. And I'd pull her back like I'm laughing, and I fell back. So now you guys are laying down next to each other. Well, yeah, it's like almost like, you know. And you used to just hand out keys on stage, he said. Like, you would just go, oh, hey, I'm in room yeah. 508, and give him, like, 10 girls, right, Bob? Yeah, yeah. I had them coming back, and he, like, so he goes, what if they come back at the same time? He goes, I go, no, that, 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 that can't happen. You know? <laughs> There's, no <laughs> women. There's no way women can be on time with each other. No way. So I would give out, I would give out, I, and then i go to the front desk. I can't get in. I can't get in. Me and Jim at the end of the night. And I'm like, I don't have a key. And I said, I need a key. And she goes, I don't have any more. I gave you like 10 of them already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, it was so much fun. We had it. We had every, strip clubs. We would, we would be on the greatest strip club in Canada. Oh, my God. It just opened. Okay. All these hot fucking Canadian fucking tall fucking goddamn whiskey drinking fucking goddamn strippers there. And we're in the fucking uh, shit motel next to it. We were pulling out two a night at a time. Unfucking believable. It was unbelievable. We, it, it was a fucking record. It was, it was like, it was like Christmas. And then finally, the late, the last night we go in there and there's fucking no, no pretty women. It was like nothing. It was nothing there. We're, and so we started drinking and then I'm like looking around. I'm like, where the fuck is Jim? Mm-hmm. And I look up and I see him standing with his arm around what I thought was a cigarette machine, but it was a woman. <laughs> they had the same shape and he's just smiling and waving with his other hand to me. 
And then he, he brings it back to the room. Uh, and do you know what Jim does the next day because of our what? records and all that shit? We used to walk out to the girls to the front desk because you never want them to say, oh, he did this, he did that. Look, of course, he's yeah. having a fucking ball. Here we go. So we walk around. So Jim has this big blonde pile of shit. And he doesn't want to walk her past the front desk because, I mean, why would he? We, we're, we're like heroes to this guy. We, we, he has headshots of us in his bedroom now. And fucking, and, and Jim goes to her. He goes, look, we're not supposed to have guests in here. I'm going to bring the car around the back. He's just get in and duck for like a little while. He had her duck for four miles. <laughs> That's fucking He's such crazy. a creep. He's oh, such a he, creep. He is such a horrible human being sometimes. But for like four miles, I think he even paid a toll, and then he told her to get up. Who who was it? It was you, him. Who else was touring with you guys at this time? It, it was a lot of me and him and whoever, Norton or Jameson or whoever the fuck, you know, whoever the fuck came, you know. It was just fun. But we were fucking... You know, I, it's it's like it was just amazing. Like when I first met him, he wasn't that funny, but he can get hot chicks. <laughs> Every girl loves him. Uh, it's unbelievable. He had the long hair. He looked like the fucking singer from White Snake. We used to go to fucking Canada and we would do fucking English accents like we're fucking in a band. We, I think we said we were in Great White. I think it was before the fire, you know, but so they weren't in trouble. But I would do a fucking English accent. But no, and they would fucking believe it. And, you know, it was just fucking, you know, some girl comes up to Jim. She goes, she goes, Swen or something like that. Swen from, uh, from Loxenbury or whatever town in fucking Canada. And he's like, no, Curtis, that was the name. You gotta okay, okay. Curtis from Canada. But I forget the town. And, and he goes, yes. <laughs> he was Curtis the whole time listening to stories of what they used to do and all that. And I think he banged her. Oh, so she thought he was someone else? She thought he was Curtis. From fucking, from Guelph or something. You know what I mean? Hey, this shit, you cannot, let me tell you something. This shit that we did, you can't fucking even write this. Okay? This is fucking true shit that happened. You couldn't even make this shit up. And you know what sucks now? You can't do it now because never can just Google you. Are you so-and-so? They'll just Google you and it it ruins the whole... no, but you know what? I don't give a shit. We don't give a shit. It's funnier. You know, and then to hear a go, why would you say you were Curtis when you're not? And he's like, look, I don't know. Come on, stop. <laughs> are you crying? You know what I mean? It's just as funny. Hey, are you, were you a fighter or were you a boxer? Someone said that you used to fight all the time. Was that fighting at well, clubs or were you into like the fighting game? Oh, no, no, no. I took, uh, I always used to box when I was younger. I did that too. You know, and, uh, you know, we always fought. We always fought growing up, you know? That's just the way it was. The best fighting comedian. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't, we're not in the fucking business. I mean, geez, if I tell a fucking uh, club owner, you know what I mean? No, you, you know, you, you shouldn't just fucking, uh, feed the headline. You gotta feed every comedian. You gotta treat them equal. You know what I mean? How do you fucking expect people to be funny when you, Oh, the headliner can drink, but they can't, mm-hmm. you know, and this happens. And, Jackie... and then, then you freaking, you know, you, you're like, oh God, then, then you find out how hard I, how difficult I am to work for. You understand? By pointing out fucking normal things, 
I'm difficult to work with. That's what you'll hear in this business. Most people love me, you know what I mean? But if you yeah. think I'm difficult, you must be a scumbag because you like fucking people. I just don't enjoy fucking people unless it has nice dark hair and eyebrows. <laughs> Did Jackie Martin give you the nickname Reverend? Is that true? Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember how he gave it to you or no? Yeah, it was the second open mic. The first one I go up, I kill. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is what I do. Hey, I'm a comedian. Go fuck yourself. And second time, I go up, I'm fucking, I I close. And it's like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Totally offended. No laughs. Fucking, they, they just wanted me dead, it looked like. And, okay. and Jackie goes up there and he's like, hey, <laughs> well, how about a hand for the reverence <laughs> as a goof? Because I was so filthy. And then I would go into, Norton does an impersonation of me like nobody does. Him and Don McCarthy, McCarthy, they can do me perfectly on this one. I, my segues were just fucking, I still <laughs> use them like this because they're just so funny to do. I mean, I talk about shit now and then I go, yeah, my friend thinks that. You see what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. say anything I want still on stage. That's what comedians got to know. You can say anything you want. Say your brother. Your cousin, your uncle, or your friend does that, or said that. And you're good. It's like like you used to put stuff on a cartoon. If you did it in a character, it was okay. Hey, that's a cartoon saying it, not anyone else. (laughs) I know. I fucking, I go to get by TNT, and I get fucking arrested. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? You just have to, you have to put it in somebody like, oh, no, this has happened. You know what I mean? Uh, My buddy does this. Yeah, yeah. So you have to get, you have to have the... You need the connector, Bob. That's what you need, the connector. Not that that's what separate it, uh, that's, Here's the key to it. Here's the way to do it. Like, you can't say, you can't do racist jokes. Any, they're not racist jokes, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know what a racist joke is, and I really don't give a fuck. I make the joke what it's supposed to be offensive and putting down certain people. That is what a joke is, though, yes. I know, but what I'm doing is, like, I'm slapping them in the face for what they're trying to say. That's what people, that's the way you try to sell the joke. When you can do anything, like I said, you can do anything you want. As long as you do it that way, like you're fucking outsmarting them with it. How is it different now with promoting yourself, with social media? Like remember years ago you would do, if you were in Kentucky, you have to do the local Kentucky radio or Stern, Opie and Anthony, like you said, Kid Chris. How different is it now? That's the way to, that's the way to Yeah, but I'm saying now with podcasts. And social media, you'd rather be in the studio performing rather than typing out a joke and doing stuff like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would rather be live in front of their audience that time because this is what you're getting. You're getting what I'm giving you right now. You're not getting anything from me at home. I don't even know what I'm going to give you at home because I haven't even been to your fucking town yet. So I have to go there and figure it out. Boom, I'm ready. This is what you're getting. Come on down and guarantee you a good time. And what I tell them, they get. Where are you playing coming up? Because I know you, on your Twitter, you're saying where you're playing. What do you got coming up? Uh, I'm at Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club. Seven Point Pleasant? Yeah, it's 21st, I believe. It should be on his site now. Uh, (coughs) uh, Where else am I going to be? I'm going to be in West Virginia, so nobody gives a fuck for a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm kind of off a weekend, off a weekend. If something comes in, I'll take it. But Mm -hmm. it's okay if I'm off, you know, and I'm getting the medical shit done. But it's like, you know, it's fucking great. And I'm on Twitter. I fucking, Facebook is cool, but it's kind of, it's, I, I don't like hanging out with the nerdy kids all the time. You know what I mean? They're too fucking nerdy for me. You know, it's all right. I don't care that your, your dad just died. You know what I mean? You don't post that shit. You know? Oh, they, I, you know, 
I, I got off it because cause with the inspirational quote and it's my first holiday without this one. It's like you beg for sympathy on it. And Twitter's just mean. People, no matter what you write, Twitter's going mean. And that's what you like. I like it. I like it when it's funny. If you're funny, you could say anything you want back to me. But if you're not funny, and I do fucking, I haven't banned anybody yet or whatever it's called. But if I do, it's not because I'm sensitive. I really just don't think you're funny at all and you're trying too hard. There's no, nothing. I'm not mad at you. Come to a show and that shit. And I'll explain it to you. But if I do ban you from fucking anything I'm doing, it's it's only for the reason that you try too hard to be funny and you're just not. And it's nothing more than that. It's not. No, I don't, it's not that I'm mad. I don't want to pigeonhole you, but you got before I, I've had you for 38 minutes already. You got to give me one more minute. Tell I don't want to pigeonhole I'm not you. Going anywhere? What the fuck? Well, I, I know you're watching. Wife to do shit. No, I sent my wife out to do shit, <laughs> and I said I'll do the radio, and when you're done, we'll fucking we hang out. You, you see, gotta, that's how you do things. That's the key to a relationship. You think she, if she was sitting here listening to me fucking babble about me, she would like it? No, she wouldn't like it. So now she gets something done. She had to get done. I'm getting something done. I like to do. And fucking we come back and we're like, ah, oh, this is so nice. She bought a little Christmas tree. It's on the fucking dining room table. She got a red fucking blanket uh, to put on top of the table, whatever it's called. And we realized that our fucking goddamn... Uh, uh, whatever the fucking uh, the curtains should be black instead of fucking dark gray. So now we have to get those. You get what I'm saying? This is what well, you know. That's what makes you excited when you fucking have a house and you're fucking married. Hey, we're gonna get new curtains. They're gonna match. It's gonna look so much better. Yay! We're fucking happy. Tell me and tell everyone about the legendary. You're like the Mariana Rivera with the blue cheese. Explain exactly how that started because. When I first heard it, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean blue cheese? Explain the blue cheese closer and how it started because okay. that, that put you on the map. Yeah, it, it did. You know what I mean? That, that's why this business is fucked up. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I should have got it for being the funniest motherfucker in the world, which I still am. But, okay, we're in South Carolina again, me and Florentine. The show ends. We're at the bar having a few cocktails and chatting with some of the local degenerates about strip clubs and other places we will prey on later. And we we see this hot girl that looks like Whitney Houston. And I don't know how it happened or whatever, but all I know is she needed money. Okay? And who but our hero of the story, Jim Florentine, would come up with a plan that would get her money and yet still have my head in her ass. So what he came out with is, like, we came up with money. I think we came out to $28. And and uh, basically, she agreed. Uh, Jim's request to let me eat blue cheese dressing out of her ass uh, for that money so she can continue her evening in a jolly way. And I can stick my head in her ass. So basically, she agreed, and we, we continued with this. We didn't – they don't have bottles – of blue cheese or anything like that in, in South Carolina in Greenville. They didn't at, at the place. So they had the little packages like ketchup. So this kind of took maybe five minutes to get the, you know what I mean, prepare the bird or whatever, you know. He, he had to prepare it for me. And then I, he did, and then I fucking shoved my head in there. I went, ha, ha, and I fucking grunted like an animal probably, and everybody chuckled. And then the next night, 
they call me up on stage, you know, they bring me up, and the fucking, I get a standing ovation, and everybody's got bottled blue cheese now <laughs> in their hand. And I'm so like, word troubled. Word troubled. You know, it was on the radio. It was on the radio. That's what all works together. You see what I'm saying? You have to have a community. And the community was overwhelmed with joy and, and brought the bottles there, and I got to sign a whole bunch of them. And they're probably worth about $2.46 today. And how long did you do that closer for? Uh, I did I did it on and off, and then once it was brought up on the Stern show, it had to happen every show. There's no way it wasn't happening, and uh, they would yell for it. And I just said, I'll do it, you know. It's like, you know, it's like, fuck, you can't, you cannot play, f not free bird for them. Am I right? Let you me ask you this, Bob. While packing now, you go to do a show and you're packing shit. Did you feel ridiculous, like, packing a thing of blue cheese? I never did that, dude. They would bring it to me. Oh, I, wait, so that wasn't a prop? You didn't bring it on stage? Dude, dude, had I, <laughs> I never, look, let me tell you something about comedy. I always said that, I go, if you can't open the door for yourself and walk in, you shouldn't be in comedy. The least you need on stage, besides a mic, the better you are as a fucking comedian. Is when you don't need anything. So I never liked to do that, but it was fucking entertaining, and nobody fucking would ever think of something so stupid. But it just happened, and uh, but it was like you know we'd say you know the, the clubs would have their blue cheese ready if they didn't have blue cheese. It was ranch some night. Exactly. That's how much I drank and got high. I was fucking, we were the motley crew of fucking comedy. There was no, there was no denying that. There's no way to say, oh no, we never did that. I fucking, if a cop came now, I'd see cake me. I'm fucking guilty probably. You know, I, I can't fucking say I, this shit didn't happen. It did happen. You know, and that, that was so great. And Beetle just told me, hey man, looks like a mouse. <laughs> and it was just like fucking, it was insane, and that was the night, that was also the night. Now listen to this. Okay, okay. The fucking Patriots, the Patriots just fucking beat, uh, they beat, uh, Philadelphia the first time, the Eagles, right? Mm -hmm. There was a guy with a Boston Red Sox hat in the audience. I made him throw it up on a stage because people were going, getting mad. It's Philadelphia. They fucking, they'll kill your mother for a win, okay? And, uh. I get the thing on stage, and I go, I'm going to piss on it. They're like, piss on it. They're fucking going nuts now. The place erupts like fucking, like fucking the rock just came out. You know what I mean? Into the fucking ring. And I'm like, fucking yeah. And I put the hat down next to, right, right near the Christmas tree or whatever that was still up there. And fucking, uh, I piss on the hat. The place goes nuts. Then somebody stole the hat. As a, as a souvenir. Wait, with all your piss on it? Exactly. <laughs> I had another creepy guy. This reminds me. In Allentown, PA, we get off stage. We do this fucking rock club. It's fucking, it's so fucking hot. A murder should happen. You know what I mean? It's steamy. Oh, I'm sell we're selling our t-shirts. There's sweat pouring off me. I'm grabbing my shirt and just covering my face with it. The one that I'm wearing. You know what I mean? And like wiping the sweat off. Some fucking creepy, pimply, overweight white dude with losing little bit of dirty blonde hair comes, stands in front of me, he goes, I want to buy a shirt, but I want the one that you're wearing now later on. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, you got it. You know, so I gave it to him. I was not going to end up in his yard 
you know what I mean, and my head on the table watching him eat breakfast every day. No, that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, of course I gave it to him. But that's what it is. You know, those are fans, whether you like it or not. And those were the crazy Stern fans, too, right? Back in the day, they didn't care at all, or was it everybody? It was it was basically Stern fans. You're part of you're part of a dynasty. You know what I mean? No matter what, I mean, like I always say, no matter what you want to say, you know what I mean? It's like you know, I was mad a little while for a while, but fucking no matter what you say, that was fucking goddamn it. That was the fucking Beatles. That was the Led Zeppelin of fucking radio. That was fucking the Stones of radio. I don't give it. You can go on with anything great. That's what that was. That was the John Wayne of fucking radio. The true glory days of everything that everyone does now on radio originated from that time. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, 99.9 and I'm doing really fucking bad. Yeah. Really right. fucking awful. And that's so sad because I know there's people out there that can get out there and do that again. Bob, plug all your social media, where you are on Twitter, your, uh, your, uh, your website and everything. All right. If, if you go to Facebook, um, Bob Levy, Bob Levy, Bob Levy. I have three of them. They're pretty full, but it, I'll whatever. I'll figure it out somehow. I, I don't check them all the time. And then I'm on. I also have the Reverend Bob Levy on Facebook. That's a fan page. Mm-hmm. I don't go on there. I got to go on more. I I don't use it like I should. I only got like fucking eight thousand people. So I'm stupid with that. But I got to get back on there more. Uh, Instagram. I'm Levy Bob. I used to be another one. I had another one, but I lost the the, the sign-in thing, and I couldn't get it, so I had to start a new one. Uh, I post pictures of my dogs mostly on Instagram. Sometimes I'll put something funny and go, ha, 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 like I always write on Twitter. When somebody writes something funny, I'm like, ha. If they get one ha, it's pretty fucking good. If I go, ha, ha, that means I really like it. If I give them the B-W-A-A-A-A-A, mm-hmm. that means I fucking really like it. So that's how you can tell. If I, you know, one heart, don't be bad about it. Don't, don't feel bad. You fucking, you, you, you tickle my funny bone a little bit. But if you get two hearts, you're in good fucking company. And, you know, I, I'll give you, I, I fucking light up your lives a little bit. You know what I mean? Even though you go, you know, everybody goes through bad times. Stop being a fucking bitch and just make it better. And everything's all right. And plug the Twitter. Uh, this one, I, I, I might, I might have or I might not have been knighted in, in England, uh, but this one is, <laughs> is uh, what is it, man? It's, it's at, sir. yeah, it's at Levy underscore sir, L-E-V-Y underscore, underscore S-I-R, sir. So it's uh, at Levy underscore sir. Yeah, and if I lose that password, I'll have another one. Now, oh, well, I might get banned again, but I'm trying to be good. I'm trying. You're I'm being not a very good boy. You, you are. You're controlling yourself a lot. I'm very proud of you, Bob. Yeah, no, I fucking, you know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, fucking, I lost 70,000 followers on there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I have 2,000 now, and I have a fucking better time, you know? Listen, good luck with the procedure tomorrow. I really mean yeah, this. Whatever. Thanks for coming whatever. on. Not, whatever. Thanks for coming on, bro. I've been dying to do this. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Uh, I'll see you. I'm going to come down to Uncle Vinny's. My parents live down the shore, so I'll come down and see you, you show, right. brother. And now, you see, you got to you got to interview somebody that loves to be interviewed. I don't do this for any reason but the love. You get that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yo, you, I, I hear it in your voice, and I hear you with Kid Chris. I'm going to check out more of your stuff, Bob. I really appreciate you coming on, Bob. You got it, brother. Let me know when this is on. I want people to hear it.
Talk soon, brother. Talk soon. You were really good at this. Really good. Appreciate it, my friend. You got it, buddy. Take care. Bye.